from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. This is the WIA National News, the Father's Day edition. It's for week commencing September 5, 2021. Coava 1 and Binar 1 now in space. The USA has launched into space aboard SpaceX's commercial resupply number 23, two Aussie satellites. One is called Binar 1. Binar is Aboriginal for fireball. And let's hope it's not when deployed from the ISS along with Coava 1. Binar 1 is the first integrated satellite fully designed and built in West Australia by students and engineers at Curtin University in harmony with Japanese space startup Space BD Incorporated. Your WIA also provided support for the Binar 1 satellite program initiated by the Space Science and Technology Centre at Curtin. We brought you early advice in this in WIA National News, particularly of the work done by Dale Hughes, VK1DSH, who helped draft the WIA satellite policy. Be this just a small CubeSat, it will help validate new technologies in space and lay the foundations for future moon missions to locate and produce high-resolution digital mapping of resources on the moon's surface. A total of seven binar CubeSat launches are planned for this year and next year, 2022. Also designed and built in Australia, it's a collaboration between several Australian universities, corporations and government labs and is carrying four Australian experiments and two technology demonstrators. This larger satellite's mission purpose is scientific research, technology demonstration, linking with the international radio amateur community and national capacity building. Its satellite reference number currently is announced as VK2USY Kuava-1. Now ahead in WIA National News, our Vice President Lee Moyle VK3GK, but first, your magazine, Your View. The New Publications Committee sent us an email through the week pointing us to the fact that they're going to bring amateur radio magazine to life. In that email, and I quote, we would love to hear about your ideas and opinions about the magazine to help shape its future. Therefore, we ask you to complete a survey covering the content, advertising, and most importantly, what you would like to see. The survey is open to all magazine readers to have a single response. You'll find the survey URL and the QR code in the magazine and on the WIA website. You can then complete the survey online or on your phone or tablet. If you prefer to have a hard copy of the survey sent to you, don't hesitate to contact the WIA National Office. Now, the survey's running for quite a while. It doesn't close until October 22. And yes, it's another QR code to check into, just like we're used to these days. And also, when checking in to this WIA National News Service. Now, here's Lee. Good morning from Lee Moyle, VK3GK. WIA Vice President. Here in Victoria, we are still in COVID lockdown number six, which so far totals around 215 days of restrictions of minimal travel and stay-home orders. This puts an incredible strain on the WIA headquarters functions, and around 50% or more of the office manager Bruce Default's time has been spent operating and working from home. Simple tasks such as attending to the mailbox, responding to letters and membership applications via mail, along with banking and shipping out bookshop orders, can be often delayed. 
The board is currently in the process of having an independent audit of the WA's IT systems, including emails and hosted services, looking for efficiencies. The office has also been experiencing some challenges with our ticketing system, WIA Concierge, with considerable spam and straight emails clogging or congesting the system. This is also being addressed for improvements to better respond to member requests and inquiries. Amateur Radio Magazine is on track and the next issue, out soon, has some excellent articles and projects. The team at Pubcom is really doing a great job and their voluntary efforts need recognition as they deliver an excellent top-class publication to the membership. The WA-sponsored special call signs VK100AF and VI100AF commemorating the 100-year centenary of the Royal Australian Air Force special event activity has finished up on the 31st of August. It was a magnificently well-organised special event coordinated by Stewie, VK8NSB in Darwin. Congratulations and a thank you to all the operators that contributed their time over the last six months to its success. Totals were just under 100,000 QRZ page lookups, 38,677 QSOs and 155 DXCC countries worked. A magnificent effort from all. 73SM Lee, VK3GK. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. News from Region 1, South Africa's regulatory body, ICASA, recently published the 2021 Draft National Frequency Plan. The SARL has carefully studied the plan and found some errors in respect of amateur allocations, particularly in the 160 metre band and the emission of the 40 MHz allocation. The SARL has submitted its findings to ICASA and has requested to make the presentation at the hearing scheduled for this month, September. Flocking to satellite broadband. From a BBC London news report, it's actually been very good, but I've noticed a series of outages, some a second, some longer, says Professor Alan Woodward. The University of Surrey cyber security expert is talking about his new satellite broadband service from space entrepreneur Elon Musk's Starlink company. The outages, he thinks, may be caused by a lot of pesky pigeons, which have taken a fancy to sitting on the dish. The small grey dish sits on the kitchen roof. To the curious pigeon, it might conceivably look like a modern bird bath rather short on water. It's one earthbound end of the Starlink satellite internet system. Mr Musk recently announced that he has shipped 100,000 of the terminals. The little dish receives and sends signals to passing satellites, part of a constellation of 1,700, of which are hurtling overhead at a height of about 550 kilometres. Tens of thousands more are planned, but new launches are being affected by liquid oxygen fuel shortages brought about by the treatment of COVID-19 patients, which has increased demand for commercial oxygen, leaving less for fuel. Professor Woodward is still investigating the root cause of the glitches, though an expert told the BBC a pigeon sitting on the Starlink antenna would certainly degrade its performance. To Region 2, the FCC has granted an ARRL emergency request for a temporary waiver intended to facilitate relief communications in the wake of Hurricane Ida. The waiver permits amateur data transmissions related to Hurricane Ida traffic to employ a higher symbol rate for data transmissions than the current limit of 300 board. 
ARRL pointed out in its request that amateur radio emergency service members are working with federal, state and local emergency management officials to assist with disaster relief. Many use radio modems and personal computers capable of using digital protocols and modes that would permit faster messaging rates than normally permitted under the FCC rules. ARRL pointed out that the higher data rates can be critical to timely transmission of relief communications, such as lists of needed and distributed supplies. Recognising the importance of amateur radio, two channels, both digital and voice on 60 metres, are available for interoperability between US government and US amateur radio stations involved in Hurricane Ida emergency communications, until not required, or tomorrow, the 6th, which ever comes first. News from Region 3, Japan delays transition deadline for new Spirius Standard. JARL reports the Ministry of Internal Affairs and Communications has solicited opinions on the extension of the deadline for transition to the new Spirius Standards, and the Federation has also submitted opinions in favour of it. With this amendment, it has been decided that the transitional measure, which sets the deadline for transition to the new Spirius standard to November 30, 2022, will be extended for the time being. In addition, if the radio station licence has a condition that it must be until November 30, 2022, consider that the condition is not attached and even after December 1st, it is considered that it can be used only if it does not interfere with the operation of other radio stations. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. Available on RF and on demand 24-7 from the wia.org.au website. Hi, and with the weird and wonderful, I'm John VK4JJW, and it's time to get the lead out. If you ever get the feeling someone's watching you, maybe they're listening too. At least they might be listening to what's coming over your computer speakers with no thanks to a new attack called... Glowworm. In this novel attack, careful observations of a power lead on a speaker allowed an attacker to reproduce the sound playing thanks to virtually imperceptible fluctuations in the lead brightness, most likely due to the speaker's power line sagging and recovering. Now, you might think that if you could see the lead, you could just hear the output of the speaker, but a telescope through a window 100 feet away appears to be sufficient. You can imagine that from a distance across a noisy office, you might be able to pull the same trick. We don't know, but we suspect even if headphones were plugged into the speakers, the lead would still modulate the audio. Any device supplying power to the speakers is a potential source of a leak. On the one hand, this is insidious because unlike more active forms of bugging, this would be pretty much undetectable. On the other hand, there's a variety of low-tech and high-tech mitigations to the attack too. Low-tech? Close your blinds or cover the lead with some tape. High-tech? Feed a random frequency into the lead to destroy any leaking information. Super-spy-tech? Put fake speakers in front of your real speakers that silently play back misinformation on their leads. Passive bugs are hard to find. Even a fancy junction detector won't tell you if your speakers are compromised by glowworm. For WIA National News, I'm John, VK4JJW. 
across Australia from VK1 WIA. You're tuned to the WIA News Service. In South Australia, it can be heard on digital C4FM repeaters VK5 RKW 70cm, VK5 RDF 2m, VK5 RBV 2m and 70cm, VK5 RSC 70cm and VK5 RCT at 0900 hours Sunday morning and again at 1900 hours Sunday evening on room 69159 Adelaide 10G. I'm Pete, VK5JP. Now operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Contest wise, next month October C is our Oceania contest. Voice from 0800 hours UTC Saturday October 2 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday October 3. Let's check in with WIA Vice President Lee VK3GK. Good morning. The WIA along with the NZART are the major sponsors to the Oceana DX contest which is on again in about five weeks time. The OCDX contest is one of the longest running in the world with this being the 76th year and many plaques and certificates are on offer. The WIA sponsors the Frank Hine Trophy for the top VK single operator CW score. The majority of the WIA directors are active HF and VHF UHF contesters and I expect a number of them will be active during the Oceana DX contest in October. Rules and OCDX contest info can be found at www.oceanadxcontest.com. Thanks, Lee. Then in November, it's our spring VHF UHF field days, November 27-28. DX window, St. Hilaire Island. Jury is QRV is ZD7GB from Jamestown till tomorrow the 6th. Activity on 40 to 10 metres, including satellite QO100, using SSB FT8 and FT4. Jury has been in Jamestown on St. Hilaire Island whilst working there as a medical doctor. United States Special Event. Members of the Alabama Contest Group will act as K4A between 0000 hour Zulu September 5 and 2359 hours Zulu September 12 to reflect and remember the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Activity will be in various bands using CWSSB in the digital modes RIGI FT8. Also, a 9-11 station will be KIV September 9-14 to remember the 9-11 victims who crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania and those in New York City and Washington, D.C. in 2001. United Arab Emirates, A60. Emirates Amateur Radio Society have activated A60 Expo until October 1 to promote World Expo 2020 in Dubai. Spain, AN5. AN5 WAR, all of September, remembers the 82nd anniversary of the beginning of World War II. Activity will be on various HF bands. QSL, via LOTW or EQSL. Listen for call signs W1W, W1B, W1Z and WB1Z on all bands, CW, SSB and digital modes and of course AM. September 17 through 19. The dates closely follow the first day of Westinghouse put WBZ on the air as an M radio station in 1921. HS18IAU Thailand promotes the upcoming 18th IAA Region 3 conference that will be hosted online by RAST in September 
is on all amateur radio bands until September 30. Special call II3TDD is celebrating the century from the opening with the most famous of the Alps railways. Terenino delle Dolomite, Dolomites Mountains train. They are on air until September 30 on all bands and modes. Russia. Call sign I100KOMI celebrates the 100th anniversary of the Khmer Republic until the end of September. QSL via club log OQRS and R1II. Listen up for members of the Radio Club Cuatro in Mexico using the special call sign 6E0CC to commemorate the 200th anniversary of the consummated independence from Spain. They will be on various HF bands until September 30. Republic of Korea Special Event Station D90 Expo is QRV to October 17. Promoting 2021 World Military Culture Expo that is taking place in the city of Guiyong in October. Mark W5MED is stationed at McMurdo Station on Ross Island in Antarctica, AN011, until October. Look for him on 14243 kHz SSB and 14070 kHz FT8. Panama 3F200AT and 3F200NG are QRV until November 30, celebrating Panama's bicentennial anniversary of independence, and the QSL route is via LATW. Holy Land DX Group in Rwanda Members of the Holy Land DX Group will operate from Rwanda, signing 9X-4X between November the 24th and December the 1st. They will run three stations on 160 to 10 metres using CWSSB, RIDI and FT8 and will also participate in the CQ Worldwide DXCW Contest, November 27-28. Belgian Special Prefix The Belgian Institute for Postal Services and Telecommunications has announced that Belgian radio amateurs and Belgian radio clubs may replace the normal prefix ON in their call sign by the special prefix OS until December 12, 2021. This to celebrate the 120th anniversary of the first transatlantic radio transmission on December 12, when Guglielmo Marconi first succeeded in bridging the Atlantic Ocean with radio signals. Croatia 9A Members of the Croatian Flora Fauna ARC are QRV with 9A10FF during all of 2021 to celebrate the club's 10th anniversary. Switzerland joins Antarctic Treaty celebrations. Members of the Swiss National Organisation, USKA, supported by Radio Amateur Club Swiss Air, HB9VC, join the celebrations around the Antarctic Treaty with the call sign HB60ANT until the end of the year. QSL via Club Log OQRS, sending a card is not necessary. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Eningham. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello and welcome to our first segment for spring. First up, it's ATV and CQDATV magazine to close after 100 issues with its final run this month, September. The free magazine had been produced every month by a group of ATV enthusiasts, including VK5TM, 
In the editorial of the 99th edition, September 2021, in part it says they've been producing the magazine every month for eight years in three formats, together with the library, with an electronic index which allows a search for all the articles by description and author. Also the Omnibus PDF, which is every issue in one single file, which has been updated after every publication. The group said that this has taken its toll and this is its final issue. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. Click clack of keys and click clack of hooves. Members of the radio club OE3XAS, Austria District Locator, ADL305, Tulen Stockerau, will activate special event station OE130KUK between September 1st and October 30th to commemorate the 130-year anniversary of the first telegraphy course in the Franz Joseph Kassern in Tulen. In 1891, a KUK cavalry telegraphy course was the first established in the Franz Joseph Kassern, Lower Austria. QSLs will be sent automatically via the Bureau. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, launch of Lunar CubeSat slated for New Zealand. The launch of a miniature trailblazer probe for NASA's planned Gateway Lunar Space Station has been moved from Rocket Lab's new launch pad in Virginia to the company's spaceport in New Zealand. NASA's Cislunar Autonomous Positioning System Technology Operations and Navigation Equipment, that's a mouthful, or Capstone mission, will test deep space navigation and communications technology in the vicinity of the Moon. Capstone will also demonstrate manoeuvres to enter and operate in an orbit around the Moon that will be home to the Gateway, which is a mini-space station NASA intends to use as a staging point for crewed lunar landings later in the 2020s. In other space news, wakey-wakey! Vanderbilt's silent CubeSat has awoken six months after launch. AMSAT volunteers have established communications with RADFXSAT-2, a small CubeSat that has been silent since it deployed in a Virgin Orbit launch January 17th. It's alive after all, said a research associate professor of electrical engineering and a member of Vanderbilt's Institute for Space and Defense Electronics. After six months of hard work, our AMSAT partners were able to establish communication with the satellite, which had been unresponsive since the launch. Disc Jockey in Space A Space Symposium Aerospace Corp have proposed a new form factor alternative to CubeSats, DiscSats. These discs could be 1 metre in diameter and 2.5 centimetres thick, allowing enough surface area for 200 watts of solar panels. On a CubeSat, this would require deployables. The point of DiscSat is that it complements CubeSats for missions that consist primarily of electronics that need higher power. A stack of 20 plates is also easier to launch on a small launch vehicle than 20 CubeSats. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Astronomical, NASA making plans for a lunar Arecibo dish. Radio astronomers' beloved Arecibo dish is no more, at least not in Puerto Rico, but how about a replacement that's not of this Earth? Amateur Radio Newsline's Kent Peterson, KC0GDY, explains. How do you top Arecibo, the iconic radio telescope that collapsed last December, leading to its dismantling? You build one similar to it, and you do it on the far side of the moon. The Lunar Crater Radio Telescope is just a concept for now, but in theory its massive dish would be capable of detecting those radio waves that have eluded even the best of the telescopes here on Earth. 
Better yet, the reception wouldn't be competing against atmospheric interference that challenges Earth-based telescopes. The Lunar Telescope would be able to more clearly detect radio waves above 10 meters, which were inaccessible to the Arecibo dish. Joseph Lazio, one of the NASA radio astronomers on the Lunar Radio Telescope Project, was quoted on the Business Insider website saying, quote, With a sufficiently large radio telescope off Earth, we could track the progress that would have led to the formation of the first stars, maybe even find clues to the nature of dark matter, close quote. He made his remarks in a press release about the project, which is still considered preliminary. This past spring, NASA awarded $500,000 for further research and development on the telescope, which will be designed to rest inside a lunar crater on the far side of the moon. I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. Thanks, Kent. Now from the moon, let's return to Earth and go island hopping with Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, EU-125. Fabian, DF-3XY, is expected to be active as OZ-DF-3XY from the island of Romo, WWFF OZFF 0004 in Denmark while on holiday. Although his length of stay is unknown, his antenna, a dipole, mounted on a fiberglass pole about 10 metres over the ground as an inverted V. QSL via his home call signs, direct, by the German Bureau, or even EQSL. Worldwide Special Interest Group Military. Over in VK7 next month, Sunday the 3rd of October from 12 noon, Reist, R-E-A-S-T, will be cooking up a storm by having a BYO barbecue lunch and then a presentation and demonstration on military radios and antennas by Peter, VK7KPC, and Kim, VK7KB, both avid collectors of military radios. So that's after this national, then state news, at the Queen's Domain Club Rooms on October the 3rd. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers. Clive, VK6CSW, joins us now to remind you that tomorrow, being the first Monday of the month, it's time for the September Bulletin to go to air. First, an important announcement. Due to ongoing COVID restrictions precluding face-to-face meetings in Melbourne, the annual general meeting on Thursday, September the 23rd, will now be held on Zoom starting at 2pm Victorian time. All REOTC members wishing to join this online meeting must register their interest by email no later than Thursday, September the 9th. An expanded club news will contain more information on this topic, but full details of the registration procedure can be found on the RAOTC website, raotc.org.au. Following the club news, we have two articles for you. Ian VK3JS explains where and how we will get the metals to feed our future technology needs, after which Bruce VK3UV will tell us what was it like to use an IBM PC in 1981. Everyone, REOTC members and non-members alike, is most welcome to listen to the program and to join in the callbacks afterwards. Full details of all transmission times and modes can be found on the RAOTC website or just Google RAOTC broadcasts. If none of the transmission times suit you, you can download the audio file at any time from today from the website. If you do listen this way, brief feedback would be appreciated. Members and friends of the RAOTC in Perth are reminded that the next lunchtime meeting at the Bayswater Hotel is on Tuesday, September the 14th. So tune in tomorrow for the September Bulletin, and don't forget to join the callbacks afterwards. 7-3 from Clive, VK6, CSW. 
Thanks, Clive. And remember, all contacts, that is, URLs, etc., pertaining to any items in today's news, can be found in the written word in our text editions, best read at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rota, Recipes on the Air, a bite of news for our foodies. There's a 5 by 9 in every block. Yes, it's coming up to International Chocolate Day. Members of the URE section of Torrent, Valencia Union, of Radio Amateurs, EB5URT, will activate a special event call sign, EG5DIC, to celebrate International Chocolate Day, which, as every chocoholic knows, is Monday week, September 13th. The activity will take place between September 10th and 17th. Operations will be on 80 through to 10 litres using CW, SSB and digital mode FT8. A downloadable special diploma slash award on PDF will be available from qrz.com. QSL via the Bureau. World Chocolate Day. Count me in. Until next time, stay safe. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. Wrapping up WIA and the National News Service, it's time for the social scene. In VK4, the Gladstone Fun Day happens September 11. In VK4, the Cardwell Gathering happens October 1-4. to In VK4, Sunfest Field Day, Monday, October 4, at the Nambour Showgrounds. VK5, the Australian Fox Hunting Championship and the Serg Convention, has been cancelled for 2021. In VK6, the Perth Tech, it happens October 23, and in VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest by Spark, 9.30am, November 14. Now until next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Be safe out there and get vaccinated. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.